0: Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McKusick. Uh, here to discuss something that I think a lot of people have on their mind, which is how the Ravens secondary will align this next year. Obviously, a lot of talent there. Here to discuss it with me is Chris Aguilera. Chris, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing well, Ken. Uh, ready to get into this? This is a, a really hot topic right now, so uh, I'm getting ready to get into it. All right. Exciting to do that.
0: What's your Twitter handle, by the way, just so people can know that up front? Uh, it's Chris, just joking. Okay, so at Chris, just joking. Give him a follow, please. Uh, So let's start with the outside corners. I think it's somehow easier to talk about than the safeties. Also, there is some some uh, connection between these position groups as we go through it. Uh, The Ravens certainly entered the draft. Not a lot at outside corner. Two corners in the room uh, in terms of Humphrey and Peters really secure with jobs. Kayvon Seymour signed uh and they have some other guys big corners that are on the roster we can talk about Tolliver and uh Nate Jackson is on the roster got a little bit of playing time last year uh but obviously not a lot of guys with the kind of experience the Ravens are looking for
2: right yeah we saw a lot of those guys that you just named at the end they're thrown into into duty last year so you know they, they gained a lot of valuable experience but uh hopefully we're not relying on those kind of guys again this season. Sure. I I would agree with that. And Kayvon Seymour,
0: they signed as a veteran to a one-year deal. So uh, he's in his fifth year. It's not going to get any better than it is right now for Kayvon Seymour. That's just the the straight, plain fact. I mean, they may want him as a backup at some point this year. I have trouble believing he's going to make the team. Uh, He doesn't have guaranteed money associated with his contract,
2: Anything to say about that? Uh, yeah. So basically with, you know, guys like that is you never want to be in the situation that you were in last season. Mm-hmm. So bringing in, bringing him back, it, it made sense. It's like I said earlier, it's not a guy that you're relying on. But when you have all of these injuries that took place last year, you can never have enough debt at depth and you never know. if He doesn't make the roster, you know, at the initial cut date. Maybe week seven comes along and you need a guy and he's someone that has experience in your system and playing with mm-hmm. the, the other guys that are, that are in that secondary. So he could be on, on the Baltimore practice squad. He could be on somebody else's <laughs> practice squad. He could be on the
0: street. But anyway, you, you, you bring him back and you got a chance. He's played slot and on the outside, I believe, last year with the Ravens. So um, a little bit of both. Uh, Humphrey and Peters, anything to really be concerned about with those guys at this point? Because I, I would hope that they both get to line up on the outside. We may quite possibly see Humphrey in the slot again this year, too.
2: Yeah, so the main thing with those two guys is just getting them back healthy. You know, obviously, we, uh, if you go back last year, an ACL tear is an ACL tear, and oh, he'll be back next year. But with what we saw last season and the guys when we used to talk about Ronnie Stanley and Nick Boyle, having their struggles coming back it's not a given anymore and you know we know that firsthand so hopefully uh Marcus Peters uh, or almost over a year it's going to be with uh, his ACL injury so hopefully he can come back at full strength and then Marlon with his injury that he had towards the end of the year so hopefully those two guys are fully healthy and ready to roll Ravens are certainly betting on that. They've
0: got uh, quite a bit of money invested, obviously, in Marcus Peters in particular in terms of his salary for this coming season. Uh, the Ravens go out and draft two new guys, to uh, Jalen Armour-Davis and Damarian Williams in the draft. Uh, Jalen Armour-Davis, aircraft carrier size, as I say, another pure Ravens outside corner guy. Uh, Demarion Williams just the opposite. He's a, he's a smaller guy they're taking a chance on. Uh, very short arms, and I, I think he's 5'9". Is that correct? 5'8", five 5'9"? Five I think what he's 5'10". 5'10". Ten. Ten. Okay. So, not terrible size, but but also not nearly average NFL cornerback size at this time.
2: Yeah, and the interesting thing with him is there were so many similarities with him and how he was used at Houston to the way they used Brandon Stevens last year. Oh. They had him lined up on the outside. They had him lined up in the slot. They had him lined up even at safety. And it's... It's funny how those kind of types that they're gravitating towards. And we saw it with Brandon Stevens, where he was taking so many snaps at different places. And then at the end of the year, we see him playing on Chase Claypool because we didn't really have anybody else. And this is a guy who could do those similar things for you, where you need him at safety. He could probably line up there. You need him outside corner, he could line up there. Slot, he could probably line up there. So it's good to have those kind of guys on, on the roster and to get someone like that. At the end of the fourth round, is you know, it's pretty good, pretty good value.
0: Yeah, they—he's uh, not going anywhere. I mean, it's a fourth-round pick; he won't be cut. They won't risk a, a practice squatting on him. Uh, there's an l- awful lot of cornerbacks on this roster, though, so there have to be some decisions made about about uh, who comes and goes. I think there's a good chance that they may keep five corners plus Stevens. And we'll see how this works out. I mean, I think Humphrey and Peters obviously have made it if they're healthy. Uh, Stevens would would be a third. Jalen Armour Davis is certainly going to make it and and Williams. And then one other corner I would see making it. I kind of consider Washington a corner at this point, a slot corner, not a safety. How do you feel about that?
2: I I agree with that. Um, I think because when he was going to step in the week before he got injured, he was going to be the starting slot guy. So, I think right now he's probably the front runner for maybe splitting time or just being able to guard those smaller guys who are like 5'8 mm-hmm. 5'9 five, five, I think he might be the first guy in line to take those snaps but uh, I agree with you I think he's going to be the the slot corner so
0: a lot of how the defense will align this season will be a, a matter of offensive personnel. And that's always true, but it might be more true for this Ravens team. If they go into the year with the three safeties, they have, I'm thinking if the, if they face 12 personnel, they're going to want to really keep big nickel on the field and maximize the snaps that their three top safeties can get and put somebody, whether that's Hamilton or Clark on a tight
2: end, that's flexed. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. and, They have so many pieces on the back end of the defense where they can just mix and match. And they could, like you said, they could go week in and week out and really just change uh, according to who they're going up against and the personnel they're facing. And it puts them in a great advantage when you're scheming this up every week and you're going up against a Kansas City. Then the following week, you're going up against, say, the Cleveland Browns, who like to run two two, uh, running back sets. So it's very advantageous for the Ravens. Yeah, I agree. Wink,
0: Wink. honestly, one of the real masters in terms of, of changing his defense week to week and, and even within the game in terms of a lot of pass rush scheme and whatnot to adjust to the the uh, opposing team. We'll see. We'll see. Wink, very extreme in terms of packages. We'll see what we get out of Mike McDonald in terms of that. He certainly has been a, uh, a Wink disciple for a period, but he's also his own man now in terms of, of getting the defensive coordinator ranks. For me, that that brings a lot of excitement to a new season in terms of seeing what will
2: happen in in just those first couple of weeks of the year. Yeah, it's almost like the morning, Christmas morning, where there you go, you know, you know, you have something there, but you don't know what's in that box yet, and you're just ready to unwrap it and see what's inside. And it's the same thing with Mike McDonald. He used his safeties so much in at Michigan, where he had them around the ball, he had them rotating, and it's going to be such a, a An exciting thing to see how he's going to deploy this unit, because right now it's when you look at it on paper, it's one of the most exciting defensive back uh, defensive black uh, cores in the NFL. So I can't wait to see how he uses it and how he's going to be just mixing and matching these guys as the season goes along.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Just a, a lot of uh, uh, options to do there. Now, before we move over on to safety, I just want to talk about Stevens because he's the, he's the big tweener in this group. Um, not a great year at safety, particularly on the back end this last year. I don't think he looked very good in pass coverage. Uh, you know, he did some of the things a strong safety can do pretty well, which leads me to believe they probably are going to have him at corner this year. Uh, they've got five other safeties who can, I think, make this team without him being one of them. And I think that means either, either slot corner or outside corner might be the place. Do you have a a preference for where you would want to see Stevens?
2: Um, I like him. I kind of like him as that big slot guy, to be honest. Uh, I thought he was really physical and I thought he played well against tight ends when he was manned up uh, one-on-one against them. And he has those mirroring, uh, the mirroring abilities where, you know, we came out last year at SMU, a cornerback. So him being able to mix and match with these tight ends, I think that's something really valuable. And he's also really, really physical in the run game too. So that is something that you want to definitely have around the ball. He's not just going to be a, you know, your typical slot corner who's a liability in the run game. He's going to be a guy who'd be able to, you know, stack and shed tight, block and tight ends and be able to mix it up in the run games as well.
0: Yeah. Ravens are really blessed with a lot of that on the roster right now. Tony Jefferson oh, yeah. came to the Ravens, of course, with an unbelievable run fit uh, background and Clark is a hell of a hitter. Uh, great second man to the ball skills, a uh, good tackler. Uh, you know, Marcus Williams is going to be a free safety. I don't think we'll see him in the box too much. The e might be an exception, but uh, uh, I, I, I need Marcus Williams to be a good tackler
2: on the back end. Yeah, for sure. And I think, You know, I had the most glaring, probably one of the most famous plays, Marcus Williams, is him missing that tackle against Stephon Diggs. But that's not an indication of how his game is at all. He's a guy who shores up the back end, whether it's when the ball is in the air or getting somebody down. He's, you know, he was one of the best free agent safeties for a reason. And, you know, I I don't think we have anything to worry about with him there. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm I'm uh, definitely
0: positive on that going into this year. So let's talk about the safety group, and let's toss out all the names there before we go. And we've already talked about Elliott, so we're going to leave him out of the safety group for right now. But they have Marcus Williams. Uh, Chuck Clark is still a Raven as of now. He's had some cryptic, cryptic tweets the last uh, couple of days, one in particular. Um, there's one other thing I really don't like to see is when a player takes all mention of the Ravens off of their twitter handle and that's happened a couple
2: of times recently so yeah it has and uh i don't you know we're back here again i felt like we were just talking about this with hollywood and mm-hmm. he's in arizona now so now we're back at it with chuck now so let's see Harbaugh, you know he said the the right things the the other day in his press conference mm-hmm. where he said you know as far as i know chuck is going to be in the ravens plan. so I guess for this exercise, we'll operate that way and just say, yeah, Chuck will be in the plan because he's a guy that I, I want him to be a part of this. Oh, this yeah. Team. Yeah, me I, too. Big time. He gets a ton of flack, and I think a lot of it is unwarranted. Obviously, he has some dropped interceptions that are easy, but for when you see what he does on the back end of the defense and just him getting everybody set and on the same page, with the job that he did last year with guys walking in off the street that's not an easy thing to do. No, it's, it's not an
0: easy, I I call it herding cats. I mean, it's just, it's an incredibly difficult thing to get guys who are just not up to the task physically or experience wise either. Uh, You know, they, they can get beat at the top of the route, but they can get beat right off the line of scrimmage, even when they're playing press. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a group of, of players that just did not have it together at the end of the, uh, at the end of last year, so they weren't really in a position to do it. I, I love what Clark brings to this team. He's incredibly versatile uh, from from my perspective, and he's he's the weaker kind of versatility, but still very very good. Interest of versatility, he can give you a little bit of free safety, but more than that, I love that he can play. Uh, strong safety, uh, no problem. That's most safeties can do that. Uh, he could he can play in the slot. He's played some big nickel already in his career, and he can play dime like nobody else in Ravens history ever has. And that's what the real thing is because the Ravens have been killed by their inside linebacker coverage the last few years, really since Mosley left. And they need to get guys in there who can cover. I mean, they, they if they if the inside linebackers they have don't do it. There's no excuse to have them on the field this year on passing downs. None at all. Uh, You know, the Ravens have all the safety talent they need to replace both. They have the green dot in the correct place to replace
2: both. Uh, I'd just be upset if I see a lot of Patrick Queen getting beat this year. (laughs) Yeah. And then uh, another thing is, you know, we have two new safeties that are going to be on the team. Mm -hmm. And I I would use Chuck as kind of a facilitator to catch, have those guys up to speed too, because Mm -hmm. we saw how it was when, uh, when Earl Thomas first signed it, there was a lot of confusion on that back end. And when it comes to safety group and cornerbacks, you want cohesive units who are able to just move as one. And I think Chuck is a he would be a big part of that, just making sure everyone is on the same page and there aren't those hiccups like we saw in twenty nineteen when Earl Thomas first uh was signed to the team.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, those those first five weeks were tough before uh, uh, Chuck got the green dot. Chuck got the green dot. I think during that Pittsburgh game, if I recall, is when Tony got injured and and uh, he got the green dot. At that point, and they reeled off twelve straight wins. Uh, you know, a large large portion of that was the defense. The offense was great that year, of course, too.
2: But the defense played fantastic down the stretch. Yeah, and I remember the quote that uh, Earl Thomas said he was looking at uh, Chuck Clark and he's like, "This guy's a genius. Why do why do you bring me in here? Like he yeah. should be playing." And, you know, that's, that, that's part of the reason why Chuck is so important to his defense. Yeah, it, the fact
0: that he was the guy who called out Earl Thomas uh, at the beginning of, I guess it was 20, um, and, and you know, caused the separation of ways really has not hurt the Ravens, um, not in any direct way. Obviously, it hurt them in terms of a lot of cap being wasted, but, uh, but it didn't hurt them, I don't think, in terms of their play on the field. I think that the defense in 20 in particular – uh, was uh, much better than than could have been expected uh,
2: if had Thomas been out there still. Yeah, and you see that, and because you have to have a good relationship when it's with the two safeties, and you saw the way that Elliott and Clark were just able to mix and match and be on the same page with each other, and you know you have to have that that trust with the teammate, and I, clearly they didn't have that with Earl.
0: Yeah. Yeah, was well, unfortunate, but that's what it was. So Marcus Williams, I think we're, we're we're going to be pretty much in agreement. We're going to see him on the back end pretty much every down. Uh, I would not expect him to basically be off the field at all. If they have some plan to rotate, they've done it at corner before, including Marlon Humphrey's Ravens MVP year. Uh, but uh, but I don't see any. You know, it's very unusual to have rotation
2: at safety. Yeah, I think with him, we've been begging for this for years where we have a guy who's entering his prime able to play that deep center field spot. Don't even mess with it. Just let him stay back there and just let him do what he does best and, and be able to take a lot of pressure off of these cornerbacks because the Ravens cornerbacks have probably been under the most pressure since, you know, when wink took over, Uh, you know, being left in one-on-one situations with sometimes no help over the top. And this time you have a guy who can cover so much ground, playing that middle field position. And you know, I just I'm super excited to see because it's something that, like I said, we haven't seen in a long time. Yeah, I mean, even more than that, I like the fact that they might have two guys who can cover a
0: lot of ground. Certainly uh they've got a reed player, I don't mean an Ed Reed player, I mean an R E A D player like they haven't had in a long time at Free Safety in Hamilton. Uh, that I, I ex- fully expect them to move him all over the place in terms of where he lines up. But having two free safeties and what that allows you to do schematically defensively just cannot be understated. All kinds of opportunities to have a single high and a robber, or if you want to play the back end of the field two ways, that's great. If you want to have one guy who's guessing, you can do that. That's similar to robber concept, except you you know he runs to to cover one of
2: the deeper routes. So right. uh, it's just you have so many things you can do. Yeah, I think with Hamilton, he did some of the best, like some of the most damage towards the line of scrimmage. And he's such an instinctive and smart guy where you see him on certain fourth down plays. And it's reminiscent to the Ray Lewis uh, fourth down play in San Diego mm-hmm. where he just shot through the gap and he tackled Aaron Sproles and Darren Sproles. And you see some of that with, with Kyle Hamilton on certain plays where their fourth down plays where it looks like the running back has the angle and he just takes it away because he shoots through the correct gap. And, you know, things like that, that's what makes him such a special player.
0: Yeah, Hamilton, uh, all kinds of potential usage for him. I mean, he, he, he's almost like a defensive player. You build your your defense around like Derwin James. He certainly is that comp has been made. I think we'll see some good things from him as a pass rusher. I don't think he had a sack at Notre Dame, but they were already talking about, oh, we're
2: going to get your sack here. I think I think he actually might rush the passer quite a bit here. Oh, look, look what they did with Earl. Earl yep. was, you know, they they made sure Earl got some sacks too. And like I said with with uh, Hamilton, he has the the frame, the physical skill set to be to thrive in that situation where you're actually sending him as a blitzer more so than Earl Thomas did, who was more of that center field type when he was with Seattle. Right. So you can you can bring Hamilton. I think
0: they will do some of both. If You bring Hamilton up to the edge as your second edge, as I call it, when when you when you uh, just run a safety up as the snap is coming. so So hopefully you time it up so that they aren't able to check out of the play. And then you get a chance to uh, uh, to rush the passer that way. But there's also awesome opportunity to have Hamilton line up opposite a bigger slot receiver, whether that's a tight end or a wide receiver. Play a little bit of press or threaten a little bit of press, and just rush the passer. Uh, B or C gap. Uh, you know he's he's quick enough for either. But you know you, you probably will have pass rushers that'll create good. C gap, sorry, B gap opportunities. So if you have a, uh, um, Yannicka Gakwe was a good player in the past, but Owe also probably gives you some of this in terms of a guy who fans that tackle out and forces him to, to mirror laterally, uh, gives good B or C gap opportunities, which I love for that slot corner here.
2: Yeah, and the, the interesting thing with uh, Mike McDonald and how he'll use Kyle Hamilton is the way that Mike McDonald used Daxton Hill. Mm-hmm. Jackson Hill was a guy he lined up in the slot a lot, uh, but that was just due to the Michigan uh, defensive and the roster that they have. But when they were healthy, he was lining him up everywhere. He was lining him on the deep end. He was lining him up him up uh, around the ball. He even lined him up at, at linebacker. So I think the usage will be similar where he just moving Kyle Hamilton all around. And it, it's funny because I think Joel Ortiz just said it in a press conference where he – uh, he compared Kyle Hamilton to a queen on a chessboard. And mm-hmm. I think that's similar to what we'll see on the defense.
0: That, that's, that's great. And, and I think, you know, one of the things about having three safeties right now, and certainly in terms of having Hamilton, is it definitely gives you the opportunity to get inside linebacker snaps off the field. I mean, he's, he's got a lot of, uh, you know, replaceability. If you look, think back to that Chargers playoff game uh, that the Ravens lost in Lamar's first season. Uh, the Chargers game plan, you know, they played something like 58 out of 59 or whatever snaps with seven defensive backs on the field. Uh, so, the, you know, they counter, they tried to counter, obviously, what Lamar was. But there's an opportunity to do things like that um, for the Baltimore Ravens this year. It doesn't necessarily mean they have to play dime every down. But I think they're going to come close to playing the most dime they've played. 2019. There were other factors that helped them play dime, uh, which was a lot of big leads primarily. They had a lot of second halves where they didn't have to get out of the dime at all. Uh, so they might they might uh, you know play a little bit less than then, but I think it'll be right up there, but somewhere between 2,000, which was 34.5 percent, and 2019, which was 42.2 percent. So it'll be somewhere in there.
2: I think we're going to see as a percentage of dime 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 slash quarter this year. Right. And I think, you know, when you see these teams do that, like the Chargers, that was a drastic where they had to do it. The Ravens, they don't have to do it. They can. They can match with you and use this personnel to stop you. So it isn't a, you know, oh, we have to, you know, we don't have to have any linebackers on the field. It's like, no, we're going to play you straight up because these are these are our guys and they'll be able to stop what you're trying to do on offense.
0: You're right. That's that's a good point. So they didn't have the inside linebacker personnel to do it. I would argue that the Ravens do not have the inside linebacker personnel to play on passing downs. So I almost think they have to do it too, but but you're right. It's uh, it's just a uh, another way to look at the same problem here. You know, one of the guys who, who gets forgotten a lot, and, you know, Hamilton's getting tons of love. Clark is getting the love he finally deserves, I think, these last couple of days just in terms of talking about him and, and Williams. But Jeff Tony Jefferson's a little forgotten in this defense right now. The guy came in and played great at the end of last year. And how cool would it be to have him replacing the Mike linebacker in a quarter package, a 7 DB package um this next year.
2: Yeah, I mean he, he's certainly capable of it. Uh we saw him come back last year and you know, he was it, there was a I think the game against the Rams where mm-hmm. he it just felt like he was all over and he was just playing, you know, he left his heart on on the field that game. And Having a guy like that who knows your system, knows the you know a lot of the players that are on the secondary, well liked in the locker room and even in the fan base, someone like that is, is just it doesn't seem like it's a valuable commodity. Like he's a valuable commodity. But when you actually watch the game and see the energy that he brings, yeah. I feel like he's you know, it's a, a no brainer for me to to have a guy like Tony Jefferson around.
0: Great downhill player. Uh, you know, if, if other teams do want to go light on the Baltimore Ravens, if they literally want to want to start with a light running back, a five-man front, or they go 10 personnel or whatever, I mean, you, you really can line up against a team like that with Tony Jefferson as your Mike linebacker, I believe, on first down. Yep. But you, but if you if you want to play it on passing downs, you can always do that. And if you look back at what the two thousand Ravens did, they're known for their for their starting eleven. But that team played sixty two quarter staffs uh, over the course of the season, and they did it on it became a regular defense on third and four, third and five, where they had you know Bailey, Trap, and Harris all on the field uh, instead of other bigger, heavier players. So uh, Marvin Lewis really found a way to play light, and I think McDonald will
2: too. Uh, given what benefits you get in terms of coverage. Uh, yeah, love and, it. and I'm sorry. And uh, with Tony Jefferson, he has experience playing that that role oh, yeah. because that's what he did in Carolina, uh, not Carolina, in Arizona. He was down in the box pretty much all the time. And when he came to the Ravens, they, they're the ones that asked him to switch up his game and how he was used. So yeah. he already has experience down in the box and around the line of scrimmage.
0: Yeah, they really did. He didn't. He didn't play too much in two high sets in Arizona. He almost never played single high in that in that uh, last year there. I really looked took a look at that tape when he was uh, he was acquired. But he 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 was always a great run fit. I think also what Tony gives you is he gives you understanding that most linebackers don't have or they don't get usually until later in their careers, where he can read the routes coming off the line of scrimmage, and so he can he can understands better. Where to be that will give the quarterback trouble? Get in the lane, uh, just even getting underneath in, in coverage. He's not a huge guy or anything, but any player in the way of a pass makes the quarterback potentially wait or hesitate, or whatever. and and all of that is good. It, I I think the Ravens are incredibly well set up to play cover three this year. That they're underneath players, particularly if they have Hamilton underneath, are, you know are. Hulking and and uh, uh, will give opposing quarterbacks a lot of problems, and then they have guys on the back end who will have undoubtedly you know, terrific ball skills they can use with with you know Peters and Humphrey and um, uh, Williams certainly and Hamilton when he's back there. So it's
2: very exciting. Yeah, and it, it is, and it, like you said, with a guy like Hamilton with his length to be able to be in the middle of the field and take away those throwing lanes or just. Mm-hmm. Have the quarterback have to be that much more perfect is, is huge because we see, you know, we haven't had the guys with the most length in the world in the middle of the field. So having a guy that's six four with that kind of length to be able to just get into those passing lanes, it, it'll be huge and create more opportunities. Yeah, I,
0: I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, 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 do you think the Ravens will be more... Hesitant to rush. They didn't really rush a lot of numbers this last year. They did, but they, but they, but they also – There's, I always say there's, there's blitzes and there's blitzes because you can rush four, and if you're dropping one from the line of scrimmage, that still could be a good zone blitz uh, where you bring somebody from a, a position that's not expected. So the deception I really believe in more of a, a, with the pass rush. Do you think the Ravens might actually reduce both deception and numbers this year given the quality of their secondary and try and get home more with four?
2: I think they will just looking at some of the the things that McDonald did at at, uh, Michigan, where he just allowed his guys to just attack. I know the college game is different from the pro game. But when you look at what he did with those two outside linebackers, (laughs) you know, he just let them just hunt. And I think we'll see a lot of that, especially, you know, once they get Oway going, once they get Bowser going, once they get uh, Ojabo, hopefully Mm -hmm. just let those guys do what they do best. And just rush. And then, like you said, on the back end, that'll take care of itself. You know, if you can get pressure with four, I think that'll be the that'll be what dictates if he'll be able to do this. If he can get home with those four, then we'll we'll see less of those uh, pressures and those exotic looks. Yeah,
0: that would be very exciting if you could do that. Obviously, there's quarterbacks who have taken advantage of the fact that the Ravens have rushed numbers and they've done a good job in particular picking apart the inside linebacker group in so doing. I, I hope the opportunity to do that is going to be less this year. And uh, and the Ravens will present some problems in the middle of the field uh, that, that – uh, should be should be tougher. Geno Stone, we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, another guy who uh, I, I like still. And, you know, entering his third year still has a little bit of upside value for the Ravens. Obviously, we'd love it if he we were entering his second, but that's not the case. Uh, do you see him fitting in as anything but a backup at this point?
2: Yeah, I would see him as a, a valuable backup. Uh, you know, like we saw last year, these injuries, you can never have too much depth. And what we saw from him... Last season, we saw a player who was in better shape, who looked like he knew exactly how to take Mm -hmm. care of his body and how to train like a professional. And we saw a faster player. We saw a more instinctive player. We saw somebody that was just comfortable on the field. And he looked like an NFL player. Yeah, he was was really clued in, too. And when when uh, Clark... Missed
0: time. They gave the green dot to uh, to Stone. So that's a uh, that's something that, uh, you know, I I wouldn't overlook in here as an importance of making obviously going to be a big special teams player. Uh, I think I like the Ravens safeties better this year. I like it better having Stone and Jefferson, who I trust to come in in some defensive role than having Richards and Levine, who I think the Ravens were at the point where they didn't really trust them
2: to be in on defense in the same manner anymore. Yeah, I agree. It's funny how how much this safety room has changed in just one off season. Where you know you have guys like Geno Stone who had you know some pretty significant snaps last year, and Tony Jefferson as well. Where they can be you know key pieces as far as the special teams and rotational guys and guys that you could trust. Not just I don't know how he'll be, but guys where we know what they bring to the table, right. and also a player that's ascending too. You would you would hope.
0: Yeah, well, Levine was that, and unfortunately, he lost his his the prime years of his career as a dime back to G- dean pease being here and not really liking the dime at all Dean kept his linebackers on kept zach Orr on the field essentially over levine and zach Orr wasn't a bad cover guy levine was just better in that era and uh, had that great 2018 season finally but i i i like the fact that that stone and jefferson are there i think basically if you're going to play some four safety alignments which i would project for the ravens this year i don't I, can't, I don't know everything McDonald is thinking about how this is saying. I don't know how they're thinking about, you know, what they might try and use on third down and inside linebacker, where they keep Queen on and move him over into the mic. I re- really don't know what they're thinking, but I will say that it makes sense for them to play four safety alignments. And if you're going to do that with any re- uh, regularity, then you want to have five safeties on your roster to make sure what injuries
2: hit that you're still okay. Yeah, for sure. And, and like you said, with the Levine situation, they lost two key, special teams guys in Levine and Chris Board. It's it's very important what they brought to the table. And they're going to look for veteran guys who can fill in those roles and and be able to be key contributors on special teams, not just guys who can come in and, you know, offer some snaps on the defensive side as well. Right. I mean, certainly I think, I think Jefferson and Stone will fill that road. Do you see Jefferson as being kind of the new Levine on this
0: team in terms of taking over that leadership of the – Of the, I mean, they don't have the the team does not have LJ Ford anymore either. So it's we're down to uh,
2: Jefferson and Stone as potential leaders of the special teams unit. Yeah, and uh, Christian Welch as well. I think those those three guys could be, you know, especially Tony Jefferson because just the way they embrace him and when he came back, you could tell he's a really respected guy in his locker room. All right, now, lots of guys otherwise who who could play special teams.
0: Uh, they'll, they'll get some of those from offense. They'll get some from defense, as they always do. Uh, anything else to say about the secondary though before we move on? Is there anything else that we haven't really hit on? I think we hit on just about every player. Is there any safety I'm forgetting? Oh, El- Elliot. I don't. I, again, I don't really see him getting time at any of those kind of four safety spots, as I think of Elliot? it. Elliot. Uh, I, I'm sorry, not Eli, Stevens. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> I was <laughs> oh, no. confused. <laughs> yes. No, that, that that happens. We uh, it, it, you get to be this age. There's, there's some, definitely some memory loss that you kind of notice occurring, and then I understand there's some that you don't notice occurring later. Uh, I'm not looking forward to that either. <laughs> but any, but anyway, uh, in terms of Stevens, do you see him playing a little bit of safety this year at all? If with if there are not injuries.
2: I I can see it sprinkled in a little bit similar to what we saw sometimes with Brandon Carr, where you could see him back there uh, occasionally Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. But I think what they really want to do, and I think Harbaugh even mentioned it, is where they want to get him in slot. They really want to put him down there as as the slot cornerback and be able to split time, whether it's with Washington or or even Marlowe from time to time, just be able to get him into that slot role and have him focus on being a cornerback instead of safety slash cornerback. Yeah, you know, I love both of those points. First of all, that one, I'd like to get him one position,
0: and two, I think it'd be great if you have two guys for that slot corner role that allow Humphrey a better chance to get through the whole season on the outside. I think he's much more effective there. Baseball bat arms, his physicality, and using that sideline well just seem all more useful there than trying to get him to use skills that are that are okay. But to cover a whip route, he's just still not the ideal guy in the
2: in the slot. Yeah, and I think that's you know it's it's hard when you look at the the names that are in this DB room and the names to get excited about. And one of the people that I'm most excited about is Darius Washington because I just want to see what will he be able to do. And just like you mentioned on those whip routes, I want to see how he'll be able to do and how he'll be able to match up against these smaller, quicker guys that are you know that that are be lined up in the slot. So. He's one of those people that I'm most looking forward to seeing because we we got robbed of it last year. We didn't get to see what he could do. Mm -hmm. So now it's all right. Now let's see what he can do since it looks like he'll have maybe not the whole role as the nickelback, but he'll have a partial role as the nickelback. Yeah, he's, he's kind of in competition with multiple
0: people between the combination of Stevens and the possibility of playing more big nickel. He might not get a full uh, slot corner role, but if he, even if he got a third to a half of the snaps, that, that would be enough for us to know, I think, you know, what we've got. And, and in year two, very important. You want to get that as early as possible. And I think it's 100% certain, not 100% certain, it's 85% certain the Ravens will not know what they have in terms of David Ajabo, for example, by the end of this year. I, he, if he plays a little bit, fantastic. If he kind of learns the system a little bit, fantastic. I'm not expecting him to roll up six sacks in a half a season or anything that would get us so excited that, that you know we know we've got the guy. I'm expecting more of a Paul Kruger-type tenure in Baltimore where we might get one-and-a-half good seasons out of him or we might get two-and-a-half good seasons out of him, which would be really great because we might actually get a chance to re-sign him. Uh, it, it's, it's just, you know, with Washington, they've got a chance to get two-and-a-half good seasons out of the guy. And if they can figure out what they have this year, you know, I'd love for that to be the case.
3: Yeah.
2: And he's a guy who was I was really excited about when he was coming out at TCU. He was a very, very excited safety. Mm-hmm. And when they moved him over the corner, I was like, you know, I love that fit because he's a guy who can play man. Very, very physical, even though he's, you know, smaller in stature, but he doesn't play that small. He's like a missile there. So I, I'm very excited to see what, what he can do.
0: Yeah, a couple of guys now, on, uh, and that's in that slot corner and safety group who are not the long speed weapons that they were otherwise, but they're good instinct players, good uh, put their foot in the ground, good change of direction players in particular, and uh, excited to see them go. Well, Chris, it' been a pleasure having you on the show here. Always is tell folks where they can find all your
2: work. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Chris just joking. And uh, you could also find me at the deep cover podcast uh, on YouTube uh, where, you know, we'll be dropping some, some draft recap shows this week. So uh, looking on the lookout for that.
0: All right. Outstanding. Other folks out there, if you'd like to be on a film study short, this is the time of year I love to do it. So I want to hear from you. If you've got analysis you've done on the side, if you've got a schematic uh, point you'd like to discuss, if you've got uh, anything re- related to roster building, that's great to, to hear right now. Uh, send me a DM. Uh, they're always open on, on Twitter. I'll get right back to you. Uh, we, we set the all time record, I think, uh, with uh, Coach DC the other night. We, we turned one around in about two minutes. He he he, uh, he contacted me, and I, I asked him if he wanted to do a Chuck Clark uh, uh, trade thing because Chuck put this this tweet up, and and we uh, we immediately started recording, and so it, it it can go very quickly. We can get you on air very quickly.
2: <laughs> Chris, thanks again for joining me. No problem. Thank you for having me, Ken. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time on film study. <laughs>